this is Sam Baden, and I want to welcome you to the Sensory Show. Sensory is a brand dedicated to the intersection of the creative arts and our senses. We are a collective of creatives and entrepreneurs committed to making art accessible to everyone across all sensory modalities. We exist to empower those creatives who live within and expand from that intersection. We invite and challenge creatives globally to rethink how the work is digested, experienced by everyone in our society. Sensory collaborates with creatives worldwide to take existing work or planned concepts to reimagine and retool their work so that it's accessible to everyone, regardless of their sensory capabilities. We genuinely believe that each and every creative output can be retooled and reworked to reach every human and enjoyed by every human. This is the promise of Sensory. This is the promise of the Sensory Show. Throughout the season, we're going to be talking to good friends of mine, artists around the world, psychologists, physiologists, cultural anthropologists, to dive into that intersection. I'm excited to to bring you on this journey, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Sam Vaden, the host of The Sensory Show. I'm incredibly excited today. I have my second episode with my second guest from this first season. He goes by the name of Alonzo Williams, better known as Zoe, but many people would know him by the name Everyday Strangers, which is his brand and his moniker online and in the professional, professional world. He is a photographer, filmmaker. Uh, we actually go way back to Newport News, Virginia, the Tidewater area. Ran in some of the same circles in the music industry, music scene. He moved to Houston, Texas uh, years later, and that's really where his photography and filmmaking career took off. This man has so many accolades and accomplishments, uh, everything from successful exhibitions, portfolios, publications, published work, um, a successful photography business. uh, And what's incredible is he actually has this this incredible yearning to learn languages and I think he's at number four or five right now and we'll get to that in the episode but he actually travels to the countries after he embarks on learning the languages so I'll let him speak to it in the episode but I'm so excited I know you're going to get a lot out of this we delve into some of the curveball questions some of his um, you know moments of his life where there was personal growth but I'm not going to take too much from him I'm gonna let you guys listen to it really appreciate your support if you're getting value and you're enjoying the podcast please like share um, tell your network tell your family and friends uh, would really appreciate it It means the means the world to me and um, thank you from the bottom of my heart here we go hey alonzo can you hear me yes sir Can, can you hear me yeah i can hear you loud and clear man how you doing man i'm great man um how about yourself? I'm doing great. Can't complain. This is, uh, I'm in a good mood. I became a uncle uh, 48 hours ago. My sister had her first child, my parents' first grandchild. So I'm officially an uncle. So I'm in a really good mood. <laughs> Yo, congratulations, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah, healthy baby, mom's in good health. Uh, everything went smoothly, uh, especially with you know the times we're in. So I'm yeah. just glad everybody's safe. 
It's a so, blessing, man. Blessing, man. Peace and family, too. Yeah. Yeah, it puts everything into perspective, you know, especially with uh, how crazy the world is right now. And um, yeah. On. But uh, yeah, I, I'm so excited about this episode, man. Like <laughs> I, when you came when you came in, I was going to be like the the man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> a, a, a everyday strangers. I mean, um, this has been a long time coming, man. And I, uh, you know, I was I was a guest on your podcast and I had to return the favor. And um, it was it was a no brainer for you to, to, to come on here just because there's so many you know, backstories and overlap and, and we go way back and just everything you're pursuing, it, it's, it aligns with the mission and just kind of what I have as a vision for this company and, and for the podcast. And so it's an honor to have you on here, man. I, I really appreciate it. Hey, man, it's definitely a privilege uh, to be on here, bro. Um, I, I do remember you, what well, me and you having those talks about uh, you actually doing the podcast. This was a while ago. And yep, was, yeah. I, I've been anticipating this for a long time, man. And, uh, Listening to your first episode, I mean, you know, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm pumped up, man. So it's it's really it's really more of a a privilege and an honor for me as well, man, to to be a part of it. Well, I yeah, that means that means a lot, man, coming from you because you you've been doing some big things over the years, and um, you know, I just I I know what what I'm pursuing here aligns with the things you've been doing, and I just I can't wait for the future evolution of both of, of both our endeavors because I know it's going to meet and cross paths at some point in the very near future. And so I'm super excited, but, you know, I, I know we touched a little bit on sensory and I know, you know, a little bit about what we're doing here, but I just want to set some context for you, but also for the audience before we dive into your story. Um, so the overarching mission of like everything that I'm pursuing uh, with sensory as a brand, but also with the show is really to keep this as a fluid medium and platform where I get to speak to friends and, and creative professionals and everything they're pursuing and, and brainstorm in real time, um, you know, and, and talk about the intersection of the creative arts and the senses, you know, sight, smell, uh, sound, taste, touch. And then there's a few others in the medical and scientific community um, that has to do with like balance and orientation and our muscles and, and a few other modalities. But it's really looking at that inflection point of how do we as creative professionals harness the senses to, to create a greater impact with our art and our formats mm -hmm. and then vice versa, looking at it from the perspective of the people digesting the art and what can we do to change that experience or heighten the experience, but also really expanding that experience to people who may not have the same capacity of the senses that you and I might have or people that we might know, people that don't have don't have sight they don't have hearing so just it's a little bit more context i'm trying to challenge my friends and, and creative professionals to in, in a sense step out of the comfort zone so that they can reimagine their art so everybody can appreciate it so i just wanted to like throw that out there because um you know we definitely want to talk about your story and everything you're pursuing but i really want to challenge the people that i care for and i love their work to to like, let's bring your art and, and the experience you want to create to, to more people. Um, yeah. I, and different. I love the, I, I love the whole concept. Uh, this is definitely new to me. I'm, I'm very used to being on, uh, being behind the mic interviewing people. Um, so it actually, it feels good. 
and different to be on the receiving end of it. And um, I look forward to, to getting my brain picked this time, man. <laughs> Absolutely. I can't wait. I can't wait. I got a couple of curveball questions. I know I had, uh, you know, uh, Will on here and uh, <laughs> caught him off guard a little bit, but uh, it was a great conversation. But, um, you know, you know, first and foremost, this this podcast is here to elevate, you know, people that I care for, people that I respect and their artistic endeavors. And I really want to give you a chance to set the stage for everybody listening you know, how you got to present day. And, and I really, this is carte blanche. You can do whatever you want with this. You can, we can go way back and talk about your, your roadmap to here. You can start at any point, but really just give people a sense of where you came from and how that's molded you to present day, both as a human, as a man, um, as an artist, as a creative professional, and you can run with it in any way you like, but I definitely want to give you the stage to set, to set the context. Great, man. Um, well, again, I, I want to thank you again for the opportunity for being on the podcast. Uh, I'm, I'm already a fan. Um, I go by the name of Alonzo Williams Jr. Um, I'm a filmmaker, photographer, uh, podcaster, um, and I'm also a lover of languages. Um, wasn't always this. Uh, I wasn't always this person. Um, and you mentioned I can go back. I try not to go too far <laughs> uh, to the past, but uh, to, to make it short, um, I'm originally from, uh, um, well, born in Hampton, Virginia, but raised in Newport News, Virginia. Um, as soon as I graduated from high school out there, I went to Woodside High School. As soon as I graduated, I um, probably stayed in Virginia for a little bit, went to a small community college, and then eventually moved to Texas. Um while in Texas, I used that opportunity to really figure out who I wanted to be in life um, because my current situation in Virginia wasn't necessarily helping me get there. Um, I was surrounded by, I guess, the wrong circle, and, and that circle was eventually – a lot of people were either dying or going to jail or just really weren't really thinking about trying to evolve as uh, – as a, as a, as an individual. Right. So, uh, moving out here, um, I tried multiple things, man. I tried to be a mortgage broker, um, real estate agent, which is something I'm probably going to get, try to get back into. Um, but that again, I'm going into the past, um, rapping. I tried to pursue a, a career as a rapper. Um, but then something, you know, after trying to do all these different things, right. Um, which is a, a good thing. You you definitely want to try to do different things to see what exactly it is that you love. I had um stumbled across uh I stumbled upon uh this camera that my uncle had gave me. I remember yeah. <laughs> we talked about that. Yeah, man. And um initially the camera was supposed to be for uh documenting uh, you know, my music journey, right? Me becoming like this MC and, and you know, creating these blogs. Cause you know, back then this was like in the MySpace days. So yeah, I remember yeah. yeah. Like behind the scenes vlogging and, and documenting the process in the studio and kind of raw cut videos. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So I was gonna initially use that camera to do that, but something uh different something different happened and um totally unexpected. I uh found myself taking self-portraits and then I went from self-portraits to um, 
just going outside, you know, the, to local parks and I don't know, like, and then eventually abandoned buildings. And I just started taking pictures of just random things. And I, I was like, I, I'm taking images. I'm taking pictures of things that most people wouldn't really pay attention to. And the the benefit of that or the I guess the outcome was that I was really capturing things that um for you would see professional photographers capture with like it was a very cheap camera I mean the camera was it was an HP camera right it's made by a computer makes these kind a, a computer brand making a camera like this so it really wasn't the best you know what I'm saying but Nevertheless, I was coming up with like very creative images with a very inexpensive camera. And, um, you know, one thing led to another where uh, I, um, you know, ended up upgrading to a different camera and then upgrading again and then upgrading constantly. And, you know, to make a long story short, I um, eventually ended up running my own photography business which and then in addition to that i you know added video making uh filmmaking and everything into the into the mix as well um now with that uh and i want to say I, I i've had quite successful moments running a photography business but then i became more in tune with the art of uh photography right like fine art yeah fine the fine art. art yeah fine art yeah yeah appreciate that <laughs> Oh. No, no, and you know, and before you go, if if you wouldn't mind, and, and I know you're you're more tuned into this than 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 I am, and because th there's this there's a distinction between the two, and I don't know if you want to educate the audience on fine art fine art photography versus like other types of photography, and I know there's some overlap, but it might actually help the audience to understand that that nuance of what fine art photography is and like what the purpose of it is and, and why people might be drawn to it yeah so okay so fine art um and this is really i mean people may have different definitions right um yep. and i know from my experience uh fine art photography has been every image that i've captured has been fine art it's something that i can look at and i could tell you a story it's connected yeah. it, it's very connected to the emotions that were felt at that current moment um uh the the and then we could go with composition right like you're not really you're not shooting for money per se you're shooting because yep. you're trying to tell a story through exactly. an image um so it's more uh emotionally felt uh there's a different drive towards it now i guess you could say the similarities between you know other photography and then fine art photography is that you could get paid for your work right but it's not the initial reason for why you took the image in the first place, right? And that, now that's kind of like what the way I looked at it too. And I, and I appreciate that the the clarification on that nuance. The way I always kind of categorized it was if if you took a set of photographs, you it, it's a type of photography that if you were given an, an exhibition or space in a gallery or a pop-up your first inclination would be to create an experience for traffic or pedestrians to come in and, and almost like there's a, a, evoking an emotion or an experience as they walk through the gallery mm -hmm. space for the appreciation of the art before you would even consider selling it. Now people could walk through and point at photos and say, you know, are, are these available for sale? And then you, then you can turn it into a commodity or, or as a product. But I always, the way I always differentiate it is, 
it's it's presenting it for the emotion and the experience before before trying to monetize it is kind of the way I look yeah, at it. Yeah, yeah, totally agree yeah. with that. Totally agree with that. Um, because mo- money is definitely something that I mean, like I said, it is possible, but it's just something that you you know you know I use fine art photography to uh I, I initially I use it as therapy, uh mm. because when you're running a, a a business a photography business there are moments where and you know i don't know if this is going to hurt the business or not i doubt it but i mean there are moments where you um you don't it's certain type of projects that you're not necessarily passionate about but you're capable of doing them absolutely i don't think that's it i think you're you're being vulnerable and you're being honest i think a lot of photographers would actually agree yeah (laughs) um big time so a lot of times you you'll find yourself in situations where the the bit any kind of business if you're running any kind of business that it, it's going to come with some kind of stress eventually you can't really skip that um because again you work sometimes you're working against like your will but at the same time you're you're servicing people which is the good thing about it so i, I would use the fine art aspect um as as therapy um you know my uncle he always told me he said if you want to run a business as a photographer, uh, make sure that you have something in your back pocket that you love doing, right? Because when those stressful moments come, if you don't have that, you might give up the whole thing, right? So find something that That's you good. love. Good advice. The wise man. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to my uncle, man. He's the reason why I'm I'm even able to talk about this today, you know. Um, but yeah, if, if you don't have that thing that, that you really love, like the thing you're passionate about, the thing that's therapeutic for you and, I don't know, kind of breathes life back into you, then eventually you'll 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 burn yourself out and you say, you know what, I can't do this anymore. And you'll give up, you know. So, And, and, I, and I think that's such an important line because I think, you know, there's different ways of saying that piece of wisdom that you just said. You know, one thing that I always challenge people that I care for and, you know, friends and peers, I always say, what is that one thing or a few things that you would do in life if money wasn't an issue? I know you probably heard that yeah. before and, and it's trying to get to the passion or the root cause of what your passion is. And there's a lot of similarities of that of, okay, you're, you're in the middle of running a business, but what is it that if you didn't even make money from that component, what is that component of the business that will get you up in the morning and go late at night and, and edit till 2 a.m. in the morning? Like what, what is that thing? And what it's sounding to me is part of that component was the fine art outlet from your photography and filmmaking um that gave you that inner motivation and and kind of that push to keep going even when there was components of it where hey i don't feel like going to the shoot i don't feel like doing this this type of photography but i can't wait to get back to the the drawing board so to speak on this part of my of my yes yes And, and that can help with anyone too like you don't have to necessarily run a business either like even like if you're working a nine to five um mm-hmm most people can become very uh, accustomed to that lifestyle where they believe that this is the end all be all. And I don't, I'm not mad at that, but you have some people who, who feel like their nine to five is going to take over their whole life. And in some cases it could, but here's the thing, right? Like um, when I'm in the nine to five mode, uh, I know that whenever I'm clocking out, I have something to look forward to uh, afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of makes it kind of balances life out. Uh, it's almost like if you're, you know, after work, then pleasure. Right. 
um, when you have that that thing that you can do afterwards, right? Um, I, I don't know. It, it just brings more balance into your life. I think life that's unbalanced, an unbalanced life is what really creates a lot of uh, heavy depression and and, uh, and and stress and everything like that. You, you have to have a balance Absolutely. between the two. So rather you... Yeah. And it's not being able to check out, you know, when people leave their nine to five, if, if that's the situation they're in, it's it's being able to leave work at work and, and, and create clear boundaries on, you know, the next chapter of the day or the next phase of the day and being able to leave work at the yeah. office before you come home and go to a different environment. And I think these days too, with work from home and, and with COVID and I think just the change and in, in tone of, of society now where people have multiple hustles. I have multiple hustles, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm not just doing one thing and, and it's, it's time management. It's, you got 24 hours in the day. We all have the same 24 hours and, you know, some people need more sleep. Some people need less sleep. Some people are willing to put in some work from 10 to midnight and, you know, everybody's in control of their destiny when it comes to the 24 hours yeah, a day. And I, people are waking up to, I can accomplish more than I thought. And if I make money in the process or I get something out of it in terms of fulfillment, what's stopping me? It's just the clock. Yeah, That's all it is. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. Well, I, I know we went, on, we went on a little tangent there, but I, the, the, the fine art, it was important, though, because, I, you know, not a lot of people know the nuances and the perspective of like fine art versus other types of photography and the motivation mm -hmm. behind it. Um, so I think that was really important to touch on. But I think you were you were talking about you set up the photography business, you had the filmmaking, you were doing, um, you know, different types of bookings, and then you moved more into or gravitated more towards the fine art. And then you were at that phase of your life and your career. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, definitely. That, that's where I was at. And um, eventually I grew more because you see, cause at, at, while I was running this business, I was also, uh, you know, I was also married as well, you know, um, uh, and there was a moment where I knew that things were about to end and it became very difficult for me to run the business effectively, like how, uh, how I was before things were good, I guess you could say. And, you know, and, and I'm probably going to end up skipping a lot of things just because it just to make the story a little bit shorter. Um, but uh, eventually what happened, um, I left the business and began to pursue things that didn't really make me much money for through photography that is um okay and while doing that i discovered a lot of new things about myself uh things such as you know why i used to be an introvert right uh why i had this fear of uh rejection right um in any case um why why I used to take pictures the way I used to, right? I used to, as a street photographer, or when I was on the street, I would um, take pictures of people without them knowing. Deep down inside, I, I never wanted to do images like that. Um, Got it. My, my and that's tip, right? That's like what you guys call. Yeah, yeah. I used to do that a lot, man. I remember going on YouTube, and I was like, "Yo, how can I get these images, but without people knowing?" That that was my question. <laughs> you know. And um, but so don't get me wrong. Some photographers, this is this is their thing. This is what they do, and they do a great job at it. And I did a fair, a, you know, a fairly good job at it as well, uh, based on what people had saw and and their uh their critique on it. Um, but it wasn't something that I wanted to do deep down inside. 
I was more the type, I'm more of a portrait style photographer. So I want people to know that I'm taking an image of them. Um, and, you know, and I, I love the simplicity of very, very minimalistic posing, right? Nothing too ridiculous. Not I would say ridiculous. Nothing too, uh, you know, nothing too extra, right? Um, and too, yeah, too strained. You want you want the natural curves of the body, the natural reactions. The you want the eyes to tell the story. You don't want them to tense yeah. up. I get it, man. I see. Yeah, don't talking. you don't have to do too much. Like you know, even sometimes smiling. Sometimes I don't want my um my subjects to smile because I, I just want them as they are, right? Um, because a lot of times a smile, unless it's a natural smile, right? A lot of times people will just unnaturally smile just because, like, it's almost as if, as if I said say cheese or something, right? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, and you also have a you you know, and and at least from my perspective, and and I know we'll get into that with with everyday strangers and and the the exhibition and the and some of the other endeavors, but you also kind of have a, and I don't want to pigeonhole you into this because it's just from my perspective, but you also have this amazing. Um, I want to say like journalistic style mm. as well. Like, you, I could very easily because because you know because I'm a writer and I, I do a lot of poetry and writing. Like I feel like when I look at your photography, like I know I could describe the date, the time, the location, almost like it was in a like a National Geographic, you know, meets Condé Nast, and then you know there's some like copy and content in there, and at least that's from my perspective. And I don't know if you've heard that, but I think it's like definitely fine art mixed with photojournalism and, and more of a story and a narrative without being extra, which is like, yeah. And, and that's very accurate to be honest. Um, Yeah, definitely very accurate. That's really what I do the most. I have kind of gotten to the point with photography where I have, where I basically just kind of got rid of all the extra tools, like all the extra equipment and just kind of narrow things down to just one camera. Because because uh, I I don't really want to focus too much on uh, how can I say uh, I, I really I just want to keep things minimalistic I guess you could say right and through that I'm able to focus more on the story at hand you know so a lot of the images that you see I can I can tell you a, a whole story about like each image that I take like I, every image I'm taking I'm never ever just shooting just because I think it looks good. There's a story behind behind it all. Um, so, yeah, definitely journal, journalistic. Yeah, I, I could definitely agree with that. Definitely. So then then how did uh, so I think that might be a good transition in the to everyday strangers and like your love for language. And I think how photography and filmmaking leads into leads into everyday strangers and everything that was the catalyst for that. Uh, and uh, I think that's a great transition because I, I feel like that's kind of leads into that because you, you embarked on a journey in so many different ways, not just like the literal journeys, but you as, as a man and as a friend from, from afar, I, I feel like there it was so multifaceted. Yeah. So I don't know if you want to. Yeah. That's yeah. And I, and when I introduced myself, I should have said I'm a photographer and filmmaker for, uh, everyday strangers, <laughs> so people know exactly. Hey, no, I'm, hey, I'm going to give you the plug, you know, all, all throughout. So you're going to have times to, to yeah. let people know. But yeah, I, it's become synonymous with you, to, to be honest. I, you know, I, I'll always know you as, you know, Zoe, Alonzo. But um, you know, throughout the years, it's you've really built that brand and owned it, and you should yeah. be really proud of it. And I know a lot of people 
know know you through yeah. that. Well, that I appreciate brand. that. Um, so look, I, uh, so we'll start. Yeah, we'll start exactly with how uh you know how everyday strangers even started, right? Um, and why strangers? You know, why did I even choose that term? Um, growing up, I was a uh, I was an introvert. You know, or I considered myself an introvert. Um, not purposely. I just recall moments in my life where, um, you know, I, I wasn't like a, a loud speaker. So a lot of times when I try to share my ideas, um, people will kind of like cut me off really fast. Right. And what people don't know is that this will happen constantly so much that I kind of would develop like this speech impediment where my brain isn't moving the same speed as my mouth. So a lot of times I'll trip over my words because my brain is telling me, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, because you're about to get cut off. Right. So eventually, as I grew up, I kind of like I was more observant and less talkative. Right. And eventually, you know, I just took that with me all the way through my 20s. Like I just was just this quiet guy and I only would speak a lot around people who I was comfortable around. Um, moving on. I, uh, like I said, when I had transitioned from the business to, uh, you know, diving more into the, the type of photography that I love, like doing, doing more passion projects, I guess you could call them. I, um, I was in New York city and I was finishing up this fashion shoot project for, um, a, a fashion designer in, in Brooklyn or Queens, I'm sorry. And, um, it was it was like really like the weather was crazy out there, man. Um, so much that my flight had got canceled. And so my flight is canceled. It's wintertime, snowy, uh, stuck in a hotel. And then I get news that, you know, I'm about to get, you know, get get a divorce as well when I when I come back to Houston. So I'm going through all these things, man. And one of my my biggest fears in life was uh, was getting divorced and. I guess it's, it was something about looking bad in front of like your peers or people. I don't know. It was just something that it was just one of my biggest fears. Um, and something had hit me. I was like, well, if, if this is really going to happen, uh, you know, and, and I'm going to live through this, then will I have anything else to fear after this? You know what I'm saying? Um, so while sitting in this hotel room, it's snowy. Uh, like I said, I can't go back to Houston. I'm depressed. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit bored, this and that. I'm already having like these thoughts of like, you know, what's the point of life, this and that. I instantly got about the bed. I, I you know, threw some clothes on, grabbed my camera, had to bundle up because bundle up because it was super cold. Got on the subway and uh, just hit Manhattan. And I said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to face this fear that I feel stems from my fear of rejection, which also stems from why I've been, been introverted so much. I said, I'm going to hit the streets and I'm going to shoot as many people as possible. I'm going to ask them though. That's the, that's the, that's the trick. I'm going to do the thing that I always wanted to do as a photographer. And I'm just going to take whatever happens and, and whatever happens, happens. We're just going to build off of that. Sam, I took pictures. I took over 50 plus pictures in one day random strangers and only got rejected one time and that was the first time the first time i got rejected it was because i was stuttering and i was nervous and i was like um, excuse me man i i really like you and you know in new york man people 
Yeah, you got to you got to hop to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I'm sorry, sir. Yeah, thank you. Bye, bye, bye. I said, oh man, discouraged for a few seconds. I said, nah, I'm gonna do this, man. I was running off adrenaline because again, like I was about to really go through something really serious when I got back to Houston. So I ended up with 50 plus photographs. Um, and I was excited, man. I was like, dang, like I just accomplished something that I never thought I would accomplish. I uh, finished the images. I mean, I, I, when I got back to Houston, I recall printing out those images and, and I still have the book today. I, I created the images. I printed them out and made like this portfolio and the presentation looked great, but the artist is always going to be self-critical of the work he does. It's just, it's no beating around it. If, if he's really passionate about what he does. I looked at those images, Sam, and the feeling that I had uh, when I was in New York faded. I was like, nah, I don't like this. I don't like these images. They suck. But then I was like, well, why do these images suck? It was something deeper. It was, I wanted more. I looked at those images. The images were so good, actually, that I wanted to know who these people were. And I had this this small regret, like, man, I could have really asked them, like, questions. I could have really learned more about them. So I took that and I said, well, from now on, I'm going to continue this journey, but I'm going to start asking people questions. And these questions will be random. There'll be questions that maybe I want answers to for my in my personal life. And I began to use this as therapy, right? Um, so... Mm. It's 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 a deep story, but but long story short, though, everyday strangers started from uh, a therapeutic. It was it, I I use it as a therapeutic approach, and then eventually, you know, I kind of turned it into me offering that same therapy to the people that I was meeting. Because by the time I had like <laughs> I took like thousands of photos of people on the street and speaking to them, I got so many stories that it actually gave me life again. It was like I read tons of books and like self-help books or whatever. And I actually build a lot of energy and strength from the stories of other people. You know what I'm saying? Well, not only that, you also, I, I can tell you that it was, it was therapeutic for you and you were, you were feeding off that energy, but what, and I'm sure you've thought about this, but from an outsider looking in, you got to think about the impact that you had on all thousands of those people as well. There's, there's always an exchange of energy, man. There's always, you, you brought energy into their life and you asking those few questions and giving them the time of day, there was definitely an exchange of energy. And so right now there could be three, 4,000 people walking around the world that, um, you know, you touch them in this crazy energetic, energetic way um that you can't put a price on i mean they're going to be walking around the world forever have known that they met you and there was an exchange of that energy. Yeah, man. That's, that's pretty cool and, man and to add on to that though because you spoke about around the world um after like doing this project for like maybe four years i want to say no three years i had already traveled like to almost every state in america right and um eventually ended up having my first solo exhibition presenting this project to to people finally to the it was fi finally a, a public thing right because i was doing this all privately honestly now, it was at the, the uh, no well the first the, my very first one was at the uh community artist collective and that was it, it was a okay. uh, more intimate very small but i mean it was a packed house <laughs> you know what I'm um, um now the the museum of fine arts that was uh that was another accomplishment, but that was actually before um, 
before Everyday Strangers has started. Yeah, yeah. I've oh, had wow. a lot okay. of accomplishments okay. as a photographer, man. I mean, I've won plenty of awards, uh, a lot of pub, um, a lot of publications and everything. Uh, but again, like, it, it, it still, it just wasn't enough. You know, Everyday Strangers really, really brought like the true artist out of me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So then you, so when, so you were traveling in the states, and then. Because I know, you know, this might be mm-hmm. another transition into the language, you know, to kind of round out the story. But I know you have a passion for, for language and, and learning about different cultures. And I know that kind of ties into you wanting to expand outside of the United States, because I know that you travel to yep. different continents almost while you were learning different languages. So maybe shed a yep. little bit of light on uh, yep. that passion project and how that sent you. Yep. And like, when, when it's all said and done, you're going to see like all this stuff connects. So after the, my first solo exhibition, um, remember this is my first solo exhibition and this is something I always wanted. I dreamed of this, right? Like not just me being a part of a, uh, of an exhibition where other artists are involved, but a, a exhibition that's dedicated to me only. And it was a reason for that. I wanted people to see not me as an artist, but, I want people to see what I actually saw because I felt like it was actually worth it, right? And so after living off like the 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 adrenaline and, and the high off of that experience, because it was a very successful event, um, weeks go by and I realized I didn't have another plan. Like I was like, <laughs> okay, I, I just accomplished one of the biggest things, like one of the biggest things on my bucket list. But what's next? And here I go again, because I didn't know what, what was next. I got really depressed again. I was like, yo, hold on, man. And the, the depression always occurs when like, I'm just laying in bed, looking at the ceiling, thinking and thinking. And I, that's always like my, that's always like the, it's always like a, a timer that says, okay, it's time to hurry up and get up, right? Make a decision now. So I got to get out of the bed and I go to a beach, right? And when I go to the beach, I, I kind of like, like just days off into the water, like I just glance into the water and then I end up kind of like daydreaming. And I'm asking myself these questions. I'm like, yo, what's on the other side of this ocean? Right. I said, man, I'm really curious. And then I remember I went on Google maps and I was like, what really is on the other side of this ocean? And then I started seeing like uh, South, uh, South America. And, you know, I was like, yo, oh man, that's it thing. I'm leaving America. I'm about to leave this place. So I go home. I'm excited. And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm about to get out of here. I'm about to do this. And I was like, hold on, hold on. How am I going to, because I'm thinking about continuing the project out there. And I was like, well, how am I going to interview people if they don't speak my language? When, do I need a translator? Exactly. I said, yep. no, nah, that's corny. I don't want to, I don't want a translator, man. Like I really want to, I want to make sure that I understand what they're saying. And I want to, because, you know, a translator may misinterpret what these people are really saying. I want to be able to get that experience like face to face, connect connection to connection, right? So I said, yo, okay, cool. Well, this is what I'll do. I'll give myself a year before prior going to the country. I give myself a year to learn the language first. And then I'll fly out there. And I meant that because I actually purchased the ticket from the day I purchased the ticket, I made sure I purchased it a year in advance. And after that, it was just, okay, cool, let's get to work. So I'm studying, 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 uh, 
you know, connecting with people, you know, social media is great. You can connect with anyone around the world. Um, and I'm learning as much as I can, getting all the information. Eventually, by the time I hit like the ninth month, I had already learned um, Portuguese. And Brazil was the first country that I ended mm. up visiting. Um, and I came back from Brazil. I went back. I said, okay, cool. What's the next country? Eventually, the goal was to hit every continent, right? And that goal still stands. Uh, so I said, okay, cool. Let's go to Europe. Uh, where? Italy. I want to relive my childhood. Uh, time to learn some Italian. I ended up learning Italian in like six months, right? Came back from Italy. I said, okay, what's next? I said, yo, let's go to Africa. Because I always wanted to, Africa was uh, a place that I always wanted to go to. But I wasn't really sure if if the welcoming would be right. That's a whole new different story by itself. But um, I said, but what part of Africa? I said, well, I already know how to speak Portuguese. This language learning is getting kind of tired, man. I need a break. They speak Portuguese in Angola. Okay, cool. Got a ticket to Angola and started connecting with people out there in, in that language. Came back again. I said, okay, cool, man. I'm, I got a nice little streak going on. Uh, but I can't go to, I'm not ready to learn an, an, a, a language in Asia yet, right? I mean, they talk about 22 hours of studying time. I don't know if I have that time right now. Let's just try to do something that's going to be a little bit less challenging, but still challenging. Uh, let's go to Mexico. Okay, cool. Let's learn Spanish. Spanish, I end up learning Spanish. To I end up becoming conversational in Spanish within three to four months. That's how fast I learned the Spanish. Because you had to get the background in the, the other yeah. Latin-based romance. See, yeah. See, Portuguese, language. Italian, and, and Spanish, like, that, it, it builds up... Uh, I mean, they all have similarities with Spanish, you know. So their structure, the the from the masculine and the feminine uh, words, and uh, just the way how they how they say certain things, uh, it's it was easy, you know, the conjugations and and all that stuff like that. I was able to pick up on it so fast, also because in Houston, out here in Houston, people speak Spanish all the time. You almost it's almost like you're in a Latin country, you know. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know, man. I lived in Miami. I, I wish I was in Miami, bro. I'll, I'll pick up on Cuban Spanish so fast, but it's 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 not enough Cubans out here for me to converse with, you know. So, well, when this all dies down, man, you can go uh, go to Miami and oh, yeah. uh, get a couple of cafecitos and yeah, that's and that's definitely on my bucket list. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, you're gonna yeah, love so. it. Man. You're gonna love it. Well, that's cool. You know, and it's crazy about it, about Angola. And this is kind of a side note because uh, I actually got one of your prints, and I, I'm I'm actually custom ordering a um, a frame because it's eight by ten horizontal. Got the eight by ten horizontal frame or print, and it's the the, the two brothers fishing in Angola. Ah, praia da Calle Chinga. That's the one. That's the one right there, man. I love that, man. I mean, I love all your prints, but that something about that print just. Yeah, I, I appreciate that too, man. That's that's love, man. Um, I really cherish a lot of that work too, man. Um, like I said, I feel like that there's, there's still more to tell about the the story that I had in um, Angola. Like I have so much work that I haven't released yet from from my visit there. Um, but 
but we're, yeah, I mean, we're going to, you know, my, my gut feeling is, you know, cause there's so much, there's so much to this story. I think there's going to be a, a part two, or, or I think there's going to be like another uh, offshoot of, of this conversation. And it might be more of like a visual thing. We might do like an IG live type interactive thing. Yeah. Cause I definitely want people to put a face to your name. And, um, and I definitely want to dive into uh, what I would really love to do is kind of go into each language and share stories from your travels and, and have more of a deep dive on, where language meets your photography meets your traveling. And I, and I think that'd be a really neat, um, like interactive yeah, yeah. live type thing. If you're down just so we can get people involved in it. Um, but that's definitely, yeah, I mean, man, that'd be great, man. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely set that up. We'll, we'll coordinate that. Um, yeah. So is there anything else in your story before, I throw a couple of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so to end it off right now, and um, some of it I can't share yet because uh, the 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 first guy who uh who you had featured on on the podcast, uh, William Lee, um, me and him are actually working. Me, him, and uh, my brother Derek, um, we're we're working on something that's kind of breaking down the continuance of this project, but it's something that we got cooking. Um, you know, uh undercover i guess you can say but um hey, I, respect it. I respect it we don't have to divulge it here but i know you yeah. guys are doing big things I, I can't wait to see it because i know if you guys are involved it's gonna yeah. be uh, but, but to make things to, but to shorten it up though um at the moment i'm currently learning uh japanese um oh we spoke about that yeah yeah to give yeah give some insight to the audience of, of why that you know what it was about learning Japanese was it something that was from way back or something that happened recently because I know there was like a little period between Spanish and you announcing this and you kind of telling me about it and I'm like man that's so cool that he's going like he's pivoting it from from a romance language to Japanese which is not an easy language I've been to Japan before I know there's a language barrier um, yeah, I, mean, I wanted to say honestly, and, and not to say one language is better than the other. So when I say I wanted to save the best for last, I meant that uh, I know that if I'm going to spend this amount of time to learn Japanese, I have to almost treat it as if I'm about to marry it. Meaning, this is a language that I plan on mm. keeping with me for the long, like the long haul. Push comes to shove, when all this stuff, all the pandemic yeah. stuff is done, I I definitely see myself living out there. Um, because again, I've I've connected with a lot of Japanese people out here, and and I've also studied their culture a lot as well. Uh, from the music, uh, when it comes to like uh, you know minimalism, like that they're, they're excellent at that. Um, just the way how they greet, how they greet you, and how they speak about themselves—very humble individuals, but at the same time very skilled. Um, it, it just seems. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it just seems like I fit in so well with a culture like that because I, I don't really I'm not used to speaking um about myself much because most of my my you know my work is really shown through other people. Um uh so a lot of times when people say like yo man you are excellent, you know, you're good at what you do, like this is an amazing project. I I still struggle with uh how receiving it right because the first thing i want to say is like oh yeah you know i appreciate it you know and and but i it's it's hard for me to brag you feel me <laughs> no no I, I hear you i hear you i mean that's that says you know i think uh it says a lot about you um you know somebody that 
you know, as a friend, you know, I think you deserve all the props. So it's like one of those things where like, I really appreciate you, your humility, but at the same time, it's like any praise you get is, is much deserved. And um, yeah. yeah, I mean, soak it yeah. in. <laughs> soak it in. Uh, but that's cool, man. I, I, you know, I'm happy. I mean, that's, that's a beautiful, uh, a beautiful thing. And, and, and I know it'll come true. You know, when this all dies down, I mean, when you set your, your sights on something and you, you manifest it like that and you put it into the universe, it is bound to happen. It's just a matter right. of time. It's not if it's just when, um yeah, and i can't wait to to follow that journey man i know i'm gonna yeah you're gonna do great um yeah so okay here so i want to throw a couple uh like i guess you could say curveball questions kind of just you know off yeah. the cusp and kind of get you to think a little bit on your t- um so when you think of the human senses um you know sight sound smell taste touch um, or any of the your your inter- interpretation of any of those senses. What which of those senses do you most resonate with? Like when you think, you know, your name, your life, your your art, or anything, like first thing that comes to mind. Oh, which wait. sense? You know, I I would <laughs> I would. That's a good question, by the way. Um, I would say, man, seeing, and the reason being, I mean, it's probably. <laughs> I mean, it's probably obvious, but um, me being a photographer, but also I, I learned something new about myself that I, I'm always drawn by the image first and then I get to know the, whatever it is I'm looking at later. Um, when I was young, bro, I, I never really read a lot of books like that. If I did purchase a book, it's because I liked the, the, the picture that was on the cover <laughs> or, um, if it was the magazine, I, I I always remember looking at people in magazines. I mean, re, I mean, watching people read magazines, and I'm like, why are they taking so long with this magazine? I mean, all you had to do is flip and look at the pictures. Like I was just known for looking at pictures on in the magazine. Um, and if the picture was intriguing, though, then I would read. Uh, and then also, I don't think that I would have came up with the Everyday Strangers project without the eyes because my initial uh reason for approaching random strangers was because of the visual energy that they were giving off if that makes sense yeah no it makes total sense it makes total that's that's cool that's cool so here here's the challenge one here's kind of the curveball so let's take a hypothetical situation where you don't have access to that mm-hmm. sense. You you can no longer see. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's put you in that, that situation. And then let's take, let's say that photo from Angola or any of the photos that you prize that really special to you, but you can't see the photo and the people and the people that you would be showing it to and they would be experiencing it can't see it as well. Nobody can see. How would you reinterpret and reimagine that photo or that or that that piece of artwork in a way that they could appreciate what you had mm. captured without. So this is at so it. everyone, no one can see. Nobody can see. You you saw it yeah. when you took it, but you you lost your eyesight and nobody can see the photo. So you know what you captured in your mind in the camera. Now you have to retool it so that you can translate and communicate the same experience, the same emotion and feeling, but mm. in a different 
format a different sense. Definitely. That's a great question, man. I thought I was prepared for this one. (laughs) 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 Um, But uh, I will say this. Um, If, if not, if not seeing, um, hearing to me is Mm -hmm. imperative uh, for people to uh, connect if one is a good listener, I guess you could say, but I do believe like, let's like, we can use that picture as an example. I do believe that the, for one thing, the sounds that were surrounding me in, in that current moment, had I been blind, I almost want to say that the, the energy would have been almost, if not as, uh, equivalent but it probably would have been yeah very close to the energy that i felt when i actually when i was actually able to see um reason being the water um and then also smell as well now how now how would i get people to actually feel that though that's the that's that's a good question man um <laughs> like how would the sound translate into a feeling like the the i guess maybe the intensity of the waves you know like you, i mean you can go any direction you want with this but it's like the feeling you you had when you took the photo and combined yeah. with the other senses that you were present for yeah okay might be well, okay this could be it easier than i than i than i think it uh wouldn't be but let's say um bro honestly if i was okay if being blind man you have uh ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> Cause let me see. I'm looking at it from first I always had to look at it from like how I would feel it if I didn't see. And I will tell you that some of the things that added on to that experience were one, the sounds. Um, because a lot of Portuguese was being spoken. Mm-hmm. Um, and for people who don't know, Portuguese is a beautiful language, especially when people from Angola speak it. Um, there was moments where there was a lot of fish being caught, and there was like this little hole in uh, one of the rocks where they were fishing at, and you would just hear each time they throw a fish in there, you just hear like that. You know how when a fish is still alive, it's like it's like it kind of like it's like flapping a little bit. Uh, you had that flapping noise. And yeah, I mean, of course, the 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 smell of the water was oh man, it was like you know nice uh, salt water. Um, let me see, man. Uh, uh, man, and then okay, and then there's also like there was also some sounds where you can kind of hear. Uh, it was like these two kids that were like paddling on on a boat, and every once in a while you just hear like shh. shh and that's just from like the paddle the paddle like kind of uh them pushing the the paddle up against the water to to get forward um bro it's just it's it's so much man where i it's be- this is beautiful because i'm over here because when, whenever i ask this question i i actually go through the exercise so as you've been talking i've seen the photo but I'm listening to you with my eyes closed while you're explaining it. And what's crazy is me listening to you describe the sounds. If you hadn't described the sounds, it mm. adds so much context <laughs> to the photo that I have on my desk. Yeah, That's what's beautiful about this. 
And, and the reason why, the reason why I asked this question, there's a reason behind it. It's one that, you know, to, to challenge, you know, my friends and, and creative professionals, but I really hope, like, I sincerely hope that this type of discussion, you know, we can hopefully manifest uh, some of the things that we discuss. Now, it may not be, you know, maybe, maybe not going back to Angola and capturing the sound, but even with what you know and what you already have inside you and, and what you've experienced, you know, enlisting the help of other artists or taking it upon yourself to create the extension of that photo in different mediums. So everybody in Houston, everybody in the U.S. online can maybe have a peek into what was going on in that moment in that photo. And that's what I'm getting my friends and creatives to to think outside the box moving forward. It's like, okay, we take a photo, we take a beat, we take a painting, a, a dish that we cook, a collaborate choreography of a dance. And how do we mm-hmm. take the one medium we did as an artist and how do we reimagine it and retool it in seven different ways? So everybody with different modality man. capacities. That, can that, that's the beautiful, man. Um, point in time. And that, you know what? And, and that's actually a good way. That's a good question to prepare me for if anything, you know, God forbid, right. You know, as we get up in age and certain things happen, um, you know, there, there definitely isn't really an excuse for why I can't continue doing what I'm doing. Say if I went blind, right? I mean, the great one of the greatest of all time, Stevie Wonder, right? Uh, you got Ray Charles. Like these people still put together great content, uh, not being able to see. And that's a gift to be able to play music, which involves touch. I mean, you can't necessarily see initially what, what you're what you're touching but you can still create classics. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, if now I'll, I'll end it with this though, um, to, to answer that question, uh, just to end off the answer. Um, based on what both of us just said, the image that just popped up was, uh, a silent exhibition, um, seats, you know, lined up, Mm -hmm. um, maybe six feet apart if we're still social distancing. (laughs) Um, earphones in each seat, yep. wireless, and and then after that, we once and everyone is in attendance, we rolled the audio, and you know you can still those same sounds that I just described to you, the sounds and the and and the um mainly the sounds, uh the sounds alone can can almost draw people into the experience. Now, if I add the Portuguese, and I were to give a narrative on how I felt about it. Um, that that could be a little bit of icing on the cake, but I, I definitely see something like that happening where people can still um, appreciate the experience knowing that they can't see, you know? Uh. Absolutely. And, and I might as well hire you, man, because that's actually, uh, you just pitched, <laughs> uh, you know, part of the sensory brand. Um, that's actually, um, and that's a whole nother discussion, but that's actually one of the offerings of the sensory brand outside of the podcast is, um, you know, pop-ups and gallery experiences and live event experiences for, for the artistic community. Um, exactly what you said is actually something that sensory will be doing very soon. Um, and also in NFTs, which I don't know if you know anything about that, but like crypto art experiences. Um, so we're going to, uh, I know a few people involved in that space and we're brainstorming right now ways of creating 
uh, virtual art experiences um, that everybody can um, participate in on, on that front as well. So that's actually a big pillar of what, what I'm trying to accomplish with the brand outside <laughs> of the podcast. So you're, you're three steps ahead of the, the yeah. Hey man, like, take I, it, man. I, I, appreciate, take I, it. I appreciate the plug. <laughs> you know, we just, we, we got to make this happen, you know, now that you put it out there in the universe, um, I mean, you're, you're on the, you're spot on. It's actually kind of scary how yeah. accurate your interpretation of where this could go um, as, as it aligns to, to, to my mission with the brand and what I want to do with, with you as a friend yeah. and as a creative professional and every, everybody else that we know, that's where I see this going. And, and that's why I challenge you and why I challenge William and, and everybody else I'm going to have on the show to get these answers and, and brainstorm. Yeah. Cause this is really, this is a real time brainstorming session. I mean, that's what it is. It's like, how, how do we challenge yeah, man. each other um, to pull this off? Um, now I got one last question before you, uh, <laughs> before you plug yourself, cause I want you to plug everything. Um, okay. So if you had to, uh, if you had the chance to collaborate with or curate for anybody dead or alive, who would it be? Man, uh, what you would know, it see be that question. Why? I, I'm beyond, I can never, ever choose one, but there is a room and there's four people in there. Um, well, five if you include myself. Okay. Um, Gordon Parks, famous photographer, um, captured a lot of. Matter of fact, I think mm -hmm. uh, William had mentioned uh, some images of like Muhammad Ali and uh, I was uh, what do you call it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this guy captured a lot of images of these people. Uh, so Gordon Parks, that's number one. Number two, right next to Gordon Parks is Jamel Shabazz. Jamel Shabazz is a photographer who captured uh, New York before the crack era. Um, yeah, I had him on the podcast. Special, man, I can't tell you how much I appreciate Jamel Shabazz for being a, a guest on that show, man. Um, Jamel Shabazz, because he, again, he played a big part in how I shoot and why I shoot. Um, Raj Walker. Raj Walker, um, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but Raj Walker is, uh, he's married to a, a, he's a photographer. He's married to another photographer named B Walker. And they, yep. I yep, know that's they, a, yep. they shoot. Uh, that guy right there. I have to have him there. I have to have him there right next okay. to Jamel Shabazz. And then I would end that off with an artist by the name of Kehinde Wiley. And Kehinde Wiley is, if no one doesn't know who Kehinde Wiley is, as far as, uh, as far as the art world goes, you have to Google that guy. Uh, he probably doesn't need my plug, but <laughs> but um, but he is a, I mean, an amazing talent. I went to the Museum of Contemporary Arts in Fort Worth to go see his exhibition, and I was blown away. And then I watched his documentary, which I believe is called the uh, Economy. I forgot the name of it, um, but. I watched the whole documentary and he actually inspired me uh, to, con to, to continue um, the, the everyday strangers uh, uh, journey. Um, I mean, he speaks Chinese, which I was, <laughs> I was blown away by that, you know, um, but I definitely would have to have them in. There. I would definitely have to have him in there because he's a painter. So you have four photographers in there, but then also have a painter as well. Mm. Um, because, 
the way how he uh one picks his subjects uh how he paints his subjects um we would have to include him into a project of all of us like that'll be one hell of a collaboration <laughs> for real man i don't even... yeah man oh, that that right there yeah, is I'm the dream there, team like, for man, me, that man for real <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I appreciate you answering that. And yeah, and there's and there's really, you know, I, I let, you know, I tend to let these questions be carte blanche and I, and, I, and I really want people to, you know, speak their mind and however they envision and interpret something. And, and I think that's beautiful. I mean, it's, there's a reason why you pick those individuals and I, I can only imagine uh, the creative uh, output from it. So I appreciate uh, you sharing that. Um, so yeah, so we'll, we'll wrap it up here, but I, what I want you to do is I want you to be able to tell the audience you know, how they can reach you, where they can find your work. Um, and even if you want to plug, I know you said you can't really speak on the thing that you're doing with William and, and uh, uh, Derek. Um, but if there's anything else they could look, you know, look forward to, but this is your chance to just plug everything. I really want to, to elevate you as a friend, as an artist. Definitely, man. I appreciate it. For what, well, first, man, I appreciate the everything. opportunity for being a guest on here, man. Um, um, well, my name is Alonzo Wims Jr. Again, I'm a uh, podcaster for um, the Everyday Stranger podcast, a podcast that you can find on all available podcast platforms. Um, also, um, you can here's here's what I'm telling people now because I I used to have so many different platforms that I was working from. Uh, just follow me on Instagram at Everyday Strangers. Um, mm -hmm. Reason being is because if there is an update or any uh, news that's occurring in in, uh, in any projects, anything, I'm probably going to announce it there first. Um, also, if you speak Japanese, okay. uh, please follow me because I need uh, some language partners to, <laughs> to work with. Um, man, uh, also, uh, you can follow by William Lee, uh, and uh, my boy Derek, which is, I believe, DJ Star at DJ Star. Um, those two guys you want to be on the lookout for because, again, uh, we're all collaborating in something really, really big. And look, I look forward to getting it done and presenting it to the to the public. Um, and listen, man, and, and I know this is for me, but let me first say this, Sam, um, or let me let, say this lastly. Um You've you've uh, always supported, uh, man, almost everything that I've been doing, bro. I mean, from the jump, even back in the rap days. Um, so I have to say, man, that I'm very proud of you, man. I love what you're doing. This is a great start. And uh, with that, man, wh whatever you need from me, man, I'll always be um, in attendance. I'll always be here to help you, man, with whatever you need. Uh, but this is a great start, man. I love what you're doing. Um, and just keep up the great work for real, man. Uh, that, that means a lot, man. And we, you know, we, we go, <laughs> we go way back, you know, shout out to, yeah. uh, to Newport news and, uh, the seven cities and so much backstory and, uh, overlap. And, and, and I really appreciate that. And, and likewise, man, I mean, we gotta, we gotta elevate, you know, we gotta elevate each other. Yeah. Um, and uh you know that's what friends are for Definitely. and you know and we got it we just got to bring everybody up and so um every way every big way in different in different mediums and different formats uh 
uh, big things coming and, and I can't wait to see everything that you're putting out. And um, we're going to have to do part two and um, I'm going to coordinate that more visual uh, back and forth and we'll dive into the, uh, the languages and yeah, some definitely, of the, man. the stories. No, I look forward that to that, man. And, uh, I think that's going to be great. Yeah. Like I said, it's a lot of ground that we could cover, man, but uh hope I was able to. Um... Yeah. <laughs> No, this is great, man. The, the audience is going to love this. And uh, I, I learned a lot, um, you know, hearing, you know, some of the stories that I've, I've heard before and in different ways, but like it was so contextual and and you did a great job with the questions. And I think there's going to be good creative yeah. output as a result of this interview uh, to come. Um, and uh, but I really appreciate it. Um, be safe out there. And uh, yes, sir. And, uh, Houston, Thank you again, man. And uh, stay safe. Enjoy the rest of your evening, and uh, we'll talk soon. OK. Yes, sir. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Sam Vaden. I really hope you enjoyed that episode with my fantastic guest, Alonzo Williams, a.k.a. Everyday Strangers. I want to thank him from the bottom of my heart. We touched on so many uh, amazing things. His evolution as a friend, man, creative, um, somebody that's embarking on a journey to learn multiple languages and, and expand his, uh, his art, and uh, that's to be commended, and I hope the audience took a lot of value away from this episode. I, uh, I encourage everybody to visit him on social media, especially Instagram, at Everyday Strangers, all one word, and also search for his podcast on, on all the major podcast platforms. It's the Everyday Strangers podcast. Fantastic podcast. I was actually a guest on his show at one point. Uh, he interviews some incredible people from all over the world and um, definitely something to check out. I also encourage you to visit www.sensory.com. That's S-E-N-S-O-A-R-I. Um, you can also find um, the Instagram handle and social media handles for this show and for the brand at Sensory. Um, and if you're finding value and enjoying the show, I, I encourage you to like, share, and uh, spread the message and uh, tell your friends and family. It means a lot to me, and I can't wait to bring you some incredible uh, episodes this season. Thank you.